Good morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. This is, uh, this is week two, I guess you could say, of Tanzania Overflow. I was, it was interesting, the last couple of days, Friday and Saturday, I uh, was spent in Columbus. Uh, Friday was what was called an area leader's connection. So as a, an area leader, as a presbyter for our area, we had uh, other various leaders of, of men's and women's and, and youth and children and all that. So leaders from all around the state gathered in Columbus, and we had its, uh, this area leader's connection. And, and uh, yet as we encountered different ones who were from the Tanzania trip, there was, there was kind of that family atmosphere. Because, you know, when you, when you go on a trip with somebody, you get to know them a little bit. And so when you, when you spend two and a half weeks together, and, and certainly uh, on the planes, uh, in uh, the hotel rooms, in, in uh, the many car rides, van rides, truck rides, all of those things, uh, as we mentioned, uh, uh, the total was about 40 hours worth in a plane uh, and about 45 hours in a vehicle for me, uh, added up over the course of those 17 days. And so uh, you're, you're kind of shuffled as far as who you sit next to on the plane or the, or the bus or the truck. And so you get in conversations, you have this shared activity. And so it's been you know, a week or two now, and you, you see somebody on Friday, and you're like, hey, and you immediately you, you go over and you start talking about how you're adjusting and whether you're sleeping or not. Now, I, I've had no problem sleeping. And uh, to the uh, detriment, perhaps, of Kim. I mean, I just, I, I hit the pillow and I'm out. May or may not involve some snoring. Uh, but there's been some individuals who, in course of conversation, they would say that 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, they're just up and they can't get back to sleep. It's, a, it's an eight-hour time difference. Tanzania was eight hours in advance. And uh, so we, you know, we were always... Breaking in the day for you, apparently, right? So we, we got to connect with some of the different ones on Friday, and then uh, yesterday was Synergy and uh, training conference, and, and again, met some different individuals. And so you know, there's that connection, and everyone, you know, we're, we're, we're still sharing stories, and you've got some of these little inside jokes. You know, you're kind of talking back and forth, and, and somebody's next to you, and you're like, they said, uh, whatever that was, I guess that's an inside joke. When, yeah, it was just, you, you kind of had to be there kind of thing. So we continue individuals as we're sharing with you or seeing some of you throughout the week or, or different ones, you're just overflowing with all that God did at Tanzania. So many of you were here last week, and last week was kind of the report. I call it the, the Tanzania report, and just kind of walk through from beginning to end what it included. Now, I was, I was telling you last week, my ambitious goal was to share it all last week. And I began to prepare. I realized that was not going to happen. And I said, well, it'll probably be uh, you know, this week and next, next week being today. Well, here we are today, and I can promise you we're not going to be complete today. So here's what we're going to do uh, in the balance of our time. We're going to review briefly. So uh, for some of you uh, who are not here last week, uh, you'll get just a, a little bit of a summary of kind of what we shared about. Uh, for those of you uh, that were, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get kind of a, a, a rerun for you. 
But then we're going to launch into what I'm calling Tanzania takeaways, because everybody's saying, what is it that God did? What did God speak to your heart? What, what are some of the things that you come back with and you know, you're, you're bubbling up with, you're overflowing with? What is God speaking to and through? So these are some personal thoughts uh, as far as what God had impressed upon me. Now, certainly as a state, you know, our leadership and, and uh, all of what that would entail and kind of the, the plan and the vision and the purpose. Uh, again, uh, we took 44 of us to Tanzania. We were from all different uh, places around the state of Ohio, uh, many leaders, uh, presbyters uh, such as myself, other pastors and, and ministry leaders. And we invested in ministry, but then we, we got together and we shared what we had witnessed and observed. We were split into 10 different groups all across the nation, and though we were in different places, we saw much the same type of thing. And so we shared about that. We had strategy. We planned and, and prayed and, and wanted to see what God had. And so as we, as we you know, come back to Ohio... People around Ohio, other pastors are saying, so what are we doing? What's the plan? You know, we want to just go, go, go. So certainly there's a plan and a process for that. We, we put a lot into place as we shared and invested. Uh, but some of those details statewide will take a little bit more time to come out. But I'm going to be sharing with you this week and next week is what I think we'll be able to conclude those things. Basically a, a two-fold or a two-part series on Tanzania takeaways. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and let's just kind of review briefly about the trip. So uh, I ended up with quite a bit of uh, photos. I went way over time last week. Uh, we're going to try to do better this week. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So I was mentioning about travel. Uh, we flew out, and the, the idea was to fly out on Sunday, February 11th. All of us from all across Ohio were to fly from wherever we could get our our airline ticket and fly to JFK in New York. So a group of us, 12, uh, were flying on the same flight, 5.30, from Columbus. Now that was the day uh, that we canceled church. We had ice, it was sleeting, and uh, the ice was growing. You, you literally could have put your skates on and went out on the skating rink in the parking lot. It was that bad. So we canceled in the morning. And the, the thought was, Columbus is great because here it was around freezing, but Columbus was around 40. So I think there's no big deal about the weather. And then you look at New York City, New York was 50 degrees. We thought, this is perfect. I mean, who would imagine New York City being 50 degrees February 11th? So the 12 of us get to the airport and promptly see that our plane was delayed and delayed again. And delayed again, and delayed again, and delayed again. Ultimately, it was canceled. So now 12 of us are in Columbus, Ohio, but we need to be in New York City by 6 o'clock because everybody else who's flying to New York on Sunday, they're going to you know, stay in a hotel overnight and, and go out to eat or who, who knows what all they were doing. And we're going to get up and meet at the hotel at 6 o'clock to get to the airport. So 12 of us are in Columbus, and you got to come up with plan B. And so one of the individuals uh, whose church was in Columbus, his father has a CDL license, and their church has this bus. 
So the 12 of us pile into that bus Sunday night, and we drive all night, 10 hours, to New York City. We pull in to the hotel after 5 o'clock. Just enough time to get to your hotel room, take a shower, and come back down and meet everybody at 6. You get to the airport by 7. Uh, we're flying out by, uh, I think, 9, 9.30. And so we have our first flight, 12, 13 hours, to Doha in Qatar. We land, and uh, then we do another 6 to 7 hours from Doha all the way down to the southern part of Tanzania, which is Dar es Salaam, one of their largest cities, um, multi-millions of people that live there. So we, we show up in Dar es Salaam, and uh, on the left there you see our buddy, which is, you see these all around, which are the police. So you literally get off the plane on the runway, walk through from the runway just into the airport. You've got the uh, government police walking around, checking things out. They uh, ID you by taking fingerprints of all 10 fingers and taking a photo ID of you. You show up, you pull out your wallet, you, you give them 100 bucks, because that's to get a visa so they can let you in the country. So you give them 100 bucks, you give them your passport, and then you wait and trust and pray that everything, whatever's going on in that room back there, that they come back and give you your passport, which they did. We got into the country and then flew from uh, Dar es Salaam up to the northern portion, which was Kilimanjaro. And uh, so our 10 teams are scattered all around the country, and that first week was ministry. So following travel, this is our, our missionary, Jeff Garrett, who oversaw us. This is where we were located, which was Faith uh, Temple in Karatu, so in the northern portion of Tanzania. And so we spent a number of days there. This was kind of a, a ministers and leaders conference. And so we had a, there was a group of four of us, and I think we'll, we'll show you who we are. Left to right, uh, Jim Palmer is our assistant uh, superintendent here in Ohio. Uh, next to him is Chad Tusing, who is a youth pastor in Mount Vernon. Uh, then Rick Shear, who pastors in our area in St. Mary's, and then myself. So the four of us, that was the team that was to invest into these pastors and leaders. Meeting in that church ended up being about 200 to 250 and as you would look outside, uh, you'd have 250 people show up for a service, and you'd have maybe three vehicles, two motorcycles, and a bike. That's what would be in the parking lot, which they didn't have a parking lot. It's just that's what was outside the, the church. So we would invest in them, and we had basically five services a day, and we were the guest speakers. So the four of us oversaw 15 services so I preached four times in three days, and I had a great opportunity of uh, investing in them. Uh, last week, I played you a little bit of a clip uh, where you preach with the interpreter. So that, that's interesting because you, you preach and then stop, let them interpret, and then you try to pick up your train of thought and continue. So we preached, uh, we invested. Uh, that was uh, one of our two interpreters. Uh, you see kind of the, the plastic chairs that they would have uh, for about the first half or two-thirds. And the back section was some uh, wooden benches. And uh, so n none of these were located there. No, no padding, no pews. Uh, so we, we preached, we shared, we ministered. And uh, in, in the course of ministry, sometimes what you would see would be some children. 
And uh, just great time. Uh, they, would, they would come out and kind of gather around you, and you, know, you, you pull a, a phone out and, and take pictures. Uh, one of them there, as many of them did, they loved to just play with my hair. You know, so obviously we stood out. We were basically the, the only ones, only uh, Americans, uh, pretty much anywhere that we were that was not touristy. Uh, we were the only Americans there. So from our skin to our hair to this little thing on my chin, they thought that was hysterical. So they loved to just, just kind of rub, touch, sometimes kiss, hug, smile, laugh, uh, you know, kind of talk to each other in, in Swahili, and, and I'm, I'm not sure what they were saying, but it, it seemed like a lot of fun. So uh, that was a, a part of the ministry. So as, as we would continue then, uh, what we see is we, we shifted into the, the next sphere, and that would be what we called strategy. And so after spending a, a number of days together in investing, we all from all 10 different areas of this nation, which uh, our superintendent likened it to Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Tennessee, Kentucky, maybe West Virginia and South Carolina. Anyway, it'd be like taking seven or eight states kind of here in this Midwestern area and calling that, that's a, about the size of Tanzania. So it's, it's almost as if we sent somebody up to you know, Chicago and sent somebody down to Nashville and sent somebody you know, up to Cleveland, and then we all get ready and, and we all gather in one location. So we get back together, we share what we saw, and then we, we uh, were planning. We would also uh, have some worship times uh, seeking God for Ohio. We saw God doing some incredible things in all of these locations in Tanzania, but the goal now is, based on their strategy, based on what they have put in place, some structure that they've put in place, and this was a 10-year plan, and this is the 10th year of the 10-year plan, they have seen God do some incredible things in salvations, in planting churches and raising up leaders and pastors and, and the building of Bible schools and uh, church planting, training centers. I mean, you name it, they've experienced some incredible things. And so we said, what are some of the things that we can learn and now put into practice in Ohio? And so, uh, again, those are some things that are becoming in the near future. So strategies, sometimes large sessions, small sessions, uh, you'd break apart and they'd assign you a topic and you would kind of work over some of those things. So uh, we just kind of continue throughout the week. Um, as we continue then, following our strategy time, uh, you're in the northern part of Tanzania. We were right close to the Ngorogoro Conservation Area, the Serengeti Plain, and the Ngorogoro Crater, which was a, uh, a volcano that imploded. So it is 18 to 20, I always get it mixed up, whether it's miles or kilometers wide, but it's big. And so whether you're in the conservation area, the Serengeti, or the crater, those are the kind of the areas that we explored. Uh, we were in vehicles such as this, and you saw all kinds of animals and wildlife. I showed just about all of them to you last week. We saw pretty much everything you would anticipate except for rhinos. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite shots as uh, we were in the vehicle, 
and uh, we're, we're driving along the road, and we see all these other vehicles just stopped. So whenever you see other vehicles stop, you stop and look around to see what everybody's looking at. And it didn't take too long for these two lions to pull around the side of those vehicles in front and walk straight towards our vehicle. So, like dumb tourists, what do we all do? We all stand up, you know, because in that vehicle that you saw in the previous one, the top popped up so that you can stand up and you can see out. So we're all standing up, and I, I was actually in the front. Um, so I was at the, at not the front seat, but the, the front of where you stand. So I'm standing, and I'm all excited. I got my phone and my camera, and I'm trying to record and zoom in for some pictures, and they're coming straight towards you, and then they go right around the vehicle. So I'm going around to the side and bending over and looking straight down at the lion, who if I stuck my hand out the window, I probably could have pet him. I told Kim that afterwards. <laughs> We're back and safe on soil. And so we are just literally in awe, probably a, a little, little dumb, but kind of in awe. You know, we're in a vehicle, and uh, the, the lions kind of roam around and, and eventually leave, and we drive a, a little bit further down the road, turn the corner, there's a hippo pool and bathrooms, and the guy says, okay, everybody out. <laughs> so don't worry about that, those, those lions that we passed just back there. Uh, so definitely uh, some, some pretty exciting things that took place uh, in the safari, where it's just seeing God's creation, uh, seeing the animals, and then just spending some good time together. Uh, we got to connect with different individuals uh, throughout the time. So then uh, we kind of we hopped on the plane, and well, you, you don't quite hop, but it, it, it does take quite a while to go from Kilimanjaro back to, uh, to Doha. This is, uh, the previous one was crossing over Mount Kilimanjaro, and uh, so that was uh, one of the pictures of that. Uh, this is the picture of uh, the city of Doha, which is the, where we flew out of, and then eventually we would land back in New York City. And uh, probably one of the, the greatest sights to see is you pull into your nation, your, your uh, homeland. So that was kind of the, uh, the, the smashing of last week. Uh, as we come this morning, some of what's kind of been just stirring up in me, and, and no doubt in, in many others, would be, uh, and I'm just calling them Tanzania takeaways. And so I think it's going to take us a, a couple of weeks to kind of get through them, and we'll, we'll go through some of them a little bit uh, quicker than others. But one of the first things that I felt God was encouraging me with was even before I got on the plane to leave towards Tanzania, takeaway number one would be this, trust God. Now, the, these, you're going to notice, these are earth-shattering Never heard them before takeaways, right? No. These are certainly a lot of common things, things that we know about, but this was one thing that God was reminding me about even before starting the trip. And even as, as pastor, someone who speaks about, and, and I mentioned about the Joshua sermon series, we went all the way through the book of Joshua, I can't tell you how many times trust God or some variation of that came up in our study and our sermons and our messages, and I'm preaching, trust God, trust God, trust God, and what's God teaching me? Trust God. Because you see, about a year ago, as this trip began to be a possibility, 
Ohio was invited uh, by Tanzania, by the superintendent of Tanzania, to kind of come to see what was going on, to invest, to preach, and, and, and witness and observe. And as that trip began being formulated, I, I felt God was really stirring and nudging that I needed to be a part of this. And he began talking and making plans, and uh, preliminary thoughts say, well, you know, this is probably going to be around two and a half weeks, and boy, air flights uh, all the way out to Tanzania, and then all through the country, and who, who knows what that's going to be. Uh, initial thoughts, maybe $5,000 for a trip. Eventually, that number became $6,000 for the trip. And eventually, that then led to additional above and beyond expenses that were not included in the 6000 things such as immunizations and passport and insurance and, and well, how do you get to New York City to, to start this trip and uh, malaria medication and on and on and on. So that five became six, which really became about seven. Anybody got 7,000 laying around? And so you start to think, and, and you know, man of faith, man of God, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I'm trusting God. But if I'd confess and admit to you, I was also trying to help God out a little bit. You ever done that? I'm trusting you, God, but here's a five-point plan that you can follow <laughs> to work on my behalf. And I admit I'd had one of those. Because I began, you know, they were, they were telling us, okay, here's some ideas on how you can raise that money. So they're, they're mentioning about family and friends and your church, your board, your church people, the other churches in your area. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going on and on. And so you start logically thinking, okay, well, maybe so much here and so much here and so much here. And you start coming up with God on paper. Here's how I think you can do it. And then isn't it just like God to kind of take a look at that, kind of crumple it up and say, eh, I've got better plans. And what I observed over this time of praying and trusting and, and uh, speaking and emailing and phone calling and texting and talking in person and, and fundraising is that some of the individuals... Some of the churches, some of the ministries, some of the, some of the ones that I thought were on my list that God was going to use, maybe didn't give or contribute. And some of the other ones that you weren't quite sure about, or you certainly didn't think they would give what they gave, did and did so incredibly generously. I've shared with you guys before, as uh, the, the church board had designated some money to go towards some of the above and beyond expenses and then look to take an offering from you as the church body. Look around. This is not a mega church. This is a small community. And so in my human mind, I, I kind of had an idea what that could be. Because I've seen love offerings come in for guests and speakers and missionaries and musicians and kind of know about what some of these love offerings go towards and think, well, okay, maybe it's pastor, maybe that could be a little higher, who knows? I, I thought, you know, maybe this could be the, the first $1,000 love offering. So I said, God, I'm, I'm going to help you out. We're, we're, we're going to contribute, we're, we're going to contribute triple digits so that, that we have a, a part to play in our own trip. God, I'm, I'm going to contribute in my own love offering towards my own trip and 
We're going we're gonna to help this offering out. You ever tried to help God out? And God just kind of smiles. Because I, I was being honest, I, I was hoping for, shooting for $1,000. That in the midst of all these other things, somehow we're going to come up and raise that six and the above and beyond. And we mentioned uh, over a course of a couple weeks and, and shared, here's the date we're going to have this offering. And we received this offering. And you people, as the body of Christ and elder assembly of God, blew me away. You didn't raise $1,000. You raised over $3,500 in one offering from a, a body of believers right here in Alger. Blew me away. And even before the trip, God's just encouraging. God's just reminding, hey, little Marky. I don't know if that's what he calls me or not, but it sounded good. Trust me. Where he guides, he's going to provide. And so I don't know what all you've got to trust God for. Sometimes, you know, we can get so literal, and, and maybe I was a little too literal to break it down to say, well, from all of these areas and categories, it might make sense if this came out. And from individuals or from our church as a whole or, or from some of the other uh, people and churches that, that donated personally, you're just surprised as God brought it to pass. So all told between friends and family and other churches and other ministers and, and uh, what the board had designated, what you had given, we didn't raise the six. We actually sent in almost $8,000 which means there was almost $2,000 then to help other people who were struggling to raise. In addition to having the necessary funds to take care of all of the above and beyond and then some left over to seed back into a fund. Trust God. I know it. I've preached it. And God's just reminding, even before the trip started, to trust Him. So, there's a second thought. As we jump into this process and we're ministering and we're sharing and, and we're preaching with all of these pastors and ministers and leaders, one of the takeaways is that we are to become lifelong students of God's Word. You see, and this was a picture from our superintendent, John Wooten. I've got a number of pictures that are pretty much identical. His had five in the front row, so I used his. Every head is down. Everybody's got notes. Everybody's got a pad. Everybody's got a pen. They are wanting to learn and grow. Now, some of these ministers were younger. Many of these ministers were not. Many of these ministers, no doubt, had been in ministry much longer than I had. And yet they came ready to learn. Now, we were privileged in that our superintendent... And their superintendent gathered uh, at our gathering for the very last portion of the very last day, and we had a prayer service. So their superintendent gave an address and, and gave a challenge, and boy, their, their heads were down, their notebooks were out, and they were furiously taking notes for their superintendent. And they did the exact same thing for all four of us, who in case you're not aware of, none of us are 
well-known international speakers. They had a heart to learn from God's Word. We mentioned about our Bible reading guides, mentioned about our daily devotionals. We give resources to you. Why? To encourage you to get into the Word of God. It's important on a personal level, on a personal basis, and we saw it firsthand. It was, it was refreshing to see, not just about notes, but their desire, their passion for God's Word. It, it was in the midst of all of their heart, in the midst of their language, in, in the midst of their speech. God's Word is at the forefront. Is God's word at the forefront of your heart and at the forefront of your life? Now, in the midst of this, I, w- I was able to get my hands on uh, some of the notes that were taken, and I reached out. I became uh, Facebook friends with one of uh, the translators, uh, who is a pastor in, in Karatu, and uh, his wife had taken notes. Now, he, by uh, being the interpreter, obviously was not taking notes as he was interpreting for us. She took notes of every single message, and I know uh, with the screen being the way it is and and the the writing the way it is, uh, but on the left-hand side and on the the right-hand side, those are the beginnings and the the message notes of two of my messages written in Swahili. So the only way I can kind of figure and piece it out is uh, she took them in a row, and I know the order of the individual's. And uh, you can uh, as well look at some of the the numbers. I can see the different points that I shared, some of the the scripture references. Uh, You can see the the numbers on the reference are the same, uh, but their Swahili version of the Bible books are not necessarily the same. So on the left-hand side, I was preaching uh, from Judges there, but it's not J-U-D-G-E-S. It's something else in Swahili. So just very interesting. We've got all the pages of notes uh, for each and every one of our sermons. But we saw this heart desire for God, for his word, and to grow. Don't ever lose that. In fact, we've got to cultivate it. Wherever you might be right now in God's word, you can grow. Get into God's word on a daily basis. For some, that might mean uh, you're not there yet, so grab a Bible reading guide, grab a devotional, and do it on a regular basis. For some, you've developed that discipline, grow a little further, dig a little deeper, study and see what God has as we become lifelong students of God's Word. Thirdly, what we saw is praying and fasting passionately. Now, listen, we pray. We've had some prayer times together, and and we had a a brief time of prayer or seeking God in our service, and and if time permits, we might have a a little bit at the end today. And no doubt we've encouraged a a time of fasting. Typically, at the beginning of the year, we'll, we'll go along with our Assemblies of God emphasis for week of prayer and fasting, and we'll encourage you to fast to set aside a meal or to set aside a day. And and rather than eating, focus on God, spend time in prayer, spend time in seeking Him. And we make that uh, encouragement and we understand maybe a handful will and maybe that means a a meal here or there and and we encourage some prayer and fasting over the trip. Typically in America, when we say prayer and fasting, we tend to make things a little easier. Don't we like easy stuff? 
So if we say, we're going to have a, a seven-day fast, maybe we, we fast a meal during the seven days. They're seven-day fast. They're, they're like seven-day fasts. They're 14-day fast or literally 14 days. As, as a state, we encouraged people to pray and fast. Those of us on the trip, uh, uh, we had uh, uh, some of the things that we followed, and we gave you some of the, the handouts of those for the last, from the book of John. And we were encouraged to fast a day each week, and whether that's the entire day or, or a portion of the day. Their passion for praying and seeking God, their passion for fasting was not just, I'm going to give up my fourth meal of the day, or I'm going to give up breakfast even though I rarely eat it anyway, so it's not much of a sacrifice. We, we tend to do a lot of the easy things. They were committed to praying. They were committed to fasting. Be, before they launched into their 10-year theme of, of Tanzania for Jesus, they had an incredible time of prayer and an incredible time of fasting. They continued that. How a challenge and encourage us to, to raise and to heighten the awareness of prayer and fasting to see what God would do. Now, we do have a video, and this, this is not a portion of the actual prayer service. What I'm about to show you is incredibly tame, by the way. This was just in, a, in between one service to the next. Uh, one of our interpreters was, was sharing and encouraging and, and launched into a little bit of, uh, of prayer time. Uh, so it's in Swahili. Uh, he was not giving the interpretation, so it's all Swahili here for a few minutes. Uh, but this is just in the midst of, uh, in between one message to another, he began to pray. And this was not the leader praying and everybody standing and waiting for the next one. Just watch and, and maybe more so listen to the concert of prayer. Let's check it out. Rita Moriakasi, 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 Rita Moriakasi,
charge you up i don't know what does i said that that was that was tame that that was just spur of the moment he, he calls to prayer and they pray now i mentioned about the last service and uh the last service was about an hour and a half to two hours of this to the nth degree they were praying like this after two hours we typically don't approach that anywhere at the beginning. It's passion in their prayer, in their fasting. It's, it's not just a leadership thing to say, well, it's, it's the leader because everybody was praying. Now, there were different ways. You, you saw many with hands raised. You saw some that were kind of uh, shaking or moving. Uh, during that prayer time, there were some who were sitting and passionately praying. There were some who were standing. There were some who were walking. There were some who were weeping and crying. I, I, I documented it on, on video, and unfortunately, it was on someone else's phone on Facebook Live, and it's, it's on our private page. I was not able to, to save that, I think because it's a private page. But for an hour and a half to two hours, I I Facebook Live and people back in America were able to, to see and experience all those on this page. And from the front to the back, for an hour and a half to two hours, everybody prayed. There were seven segments of prayer based on that uh, prayer list that we gave you the, the several weeks during February. So they would Mention the first one and give the, the scripture verse and encouragement and pray. And, and normally we would we'd say, well, you're going to pray for a few minutes. And you know, we got seven of these to get through. Conserve your energy. Let's, let's you know, make sure we can 
have something to, to pray about for number seven. We probably went 15 to 20 minutes on the very first one. Then you go to number two, and then three, and four, and five, and six, and seven, and they prayed like this, and then some at the very, very end. It's passion, it's prayer, it's fasting, and it was pervasive through all of the people. The heart for God to get in his word, to get into a time of prayer and fasting. And then that kind of leads into the, the fourth thought, which is about the emphasis on the Holy Spirit, increasing the emphasis on the Holy Spirit. They were listening for the Holy Spirit's leading and nudging, wanting to move in the Holy Spirit's power. There was a desperation there that they knew they could not do things on their own strength or power or might. They needed the hand and the power of God. And as Pentecostal people, they were seeking it through the power of the Holy Spirit. To pray in the Holy Spirit, to, to live and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact... And they have an incredible uh, statistics and, and numbers department where they keep track of uh, so many things about so many churches and, and their people. They know that as a whole, amongst their Tanzania Assemblies of God church bodies, right around 90% are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine if 90% of Assemblies of God churchgoers were baptized in the Holy Spirit, living and, and walking and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in our own strength. It was vibrant everywhere that you went. It was God's word. It was time spent with him. It was fasting. It was the Holy Spirit. All of these, again, these are, these are not earth-shattering, never heard them before. They're all in Scripture, but we observed them in such a heightened way throughout our time. Increased emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Number five, the things we saw was a habit of generosity. Such a giving people. And we showed up at that church and I mentioned about uh, the chai breaks, which we thought were simply chai tea or coffee. And you know, you go to a little room and you drink a little tea and, and you go back and no, no, no. This little church in this little room with no running water, no electricity. No, they, they, I'm sorry, they didn't have electricity, no running water. Uh, a little, looked like maybe a, a propane stove with kind of one little burner. They cooked up their very best breakfast for you for this chai break. Omelets and, and breads fruits, and you'd finish, and they'd, they'd come with another plate, and you'd finish, and they'd come with dessert, which dessert was always fruit, and it's just, they just give, and you look around, and, and you don't see that there's a whole lot there to give from, but there was always a, just a generous supply of food somehow to take care of these four guys from Ohio. And the other leaders, interpreters that were with us, they would, they would serve and, and generously wait upon you to, to make sure you had what you need. 
It was a, a heart of, of generosity. Now, in this particular case, this is at the end of our, our second week after we'd had our sessions together. Uh, there on the right is Dr. Barnabas Mtokambali. That's the general superintendent. Uh, next to him in the blue is uh, Dr. Joseph Kameme. Uh, so those are a couple of the individuals from the Tanzania Assemblies of God. And at the conclusion, uh, we, we had had a, a, just a, a small session with just our Ohio people, and we heard that Dr. Mtokambali uh, wanted us all to come up for a, a presentation. So we all gathered outside, and here's our district network superintendent, John Wooten, and Dr. Barnabas shares a little bit, and, and he shares about this rungu, which is that, that stick that I showed you last week. And he, he shares about the shuka, which is the, the gown that the, the Maasai tribes wear, and, and shares a little bit about tea and coffee, and then presents all of these one at a time to Pastor John, our leader. And how oh, we're applauding, we're clapping, and, and uh, you know, thank you for honoring our leader. And he finishes up and says, Now all of you, if you would make your way into the restaurant... All of you have one of those things for each of you. And you've got a handwritten card with your name on it. So roam around the restaurant until you find your card, which I did. There's Mark Andreessen, spelled correctly. As you go back, just briefly, you can see the, uh, uh, the shuka, which is kind of that, that reddish Material and it is wrapped around uh, the rungu, which is kind of that, that stick in the background is the, the tea and the coffee. And then it wasn't just enough to give the gifts, then all the different employees, whether they were, you know, from the Tanzania Assemblies of God or not, but the, re- uh, the restaurant employees, then they would all fit us in our shuka, <clears throat> which basically is just, you just kind of sling it over a shoulder and sling it on the other, other hand. And so... They would outfit you, and <coughs> you've got your rungu, and they took a group shot of us. <clears throat> so there's all 44 of us, 44 rungus, and 44 shukas, and 44 of the coffees, and 44 of the teas, and 44 of these envelopes. It was such a giving and generous people. But their generosity was, was not contained just in, in blessing one another. There was a habit of generosity when it came to the Lord and to giving. So this was a, a minister's conference. It'd be like us going to network conference. And so you're going there, and, and you're going to have messages, and we're going to preach and share, and there's some worship. This is not your regular church. This is not you know, necessarily supporting the work of this normal church, and yet there was an offering every night. So the very first night, I was scheduled to preach the evening service and realized I did not have my wallet with me, and I see that they bring these, these wooden boxes out with the cross, and it says, receive glory. And Every single person was coming forward to give. And I turned to my interpreter. I said, I don't, I don't have my wallet. I, so he reaches into his pocket to give me something to give. Now, that doesn't mean everybody here was, was putting in tens and twenties and hundreds and, and large amounts. You don't know. You would typically, you'd kind of, your hand would would go all the way in, and they'd release 
something. They would give something. There was a habit of giving, not just to others, but generosity and giving to the Lord. Where are you and I at with our giving and our generosity? Boy, that's a touchy subject, isn't it? Start talking about money and start talking about giving. And yet, here's the thing. You look around and see that they didn't have a whole lot. And yet they faithfully, day after day after day, would give. I mentioned there would be two to 250 people there. How they got there, I imagine they all walked. There was just a handful of vehicles, and one of them was the vehicle that they used to drive us back and forth. They didn't have a whole lot of possessions, and yet they were giving and supporting the work of the Lord. I want to challenge you with where you might be in your giving. Some, maybe you would look and say, hardly if ever give. I want to challenge you to give. Some who would say, maybe I give on a regular basis, but it's just kind of whatever I think, or I'm just going to drop something in. There is a faithfulness, again, to the word of God. God's word teaches about a tithe, about a tenth, and there's above and beyond offerings and and missions and, and all kinds of works we can support. But it would be incredible if in Alger Assembly of God, each and every one who calls Alger Assembly of God their home as a member would say, I'm going to give as God's word says. We would be shocked and surprised at how much resources we would have for ministry. I don't know the giving. I've mentioned multiple times I keep myself out of that. But I do receive reports on some of our statistics And it's startling for people who call this their church home as a member. The numbers of people that I see who either give nothing or who barely give, maybe a a tip over the course of the year. I don't know who that all is. You do. I'm saying what I saw was a heart of generosity. My heart is I'm going to give Every week, they reach into my pocket. I didn't have an envelope for Speed the Light today, so I reached into my pocket and grabbed something. My heart is, our heart is to give each and every week, each and every offering. But I was challenged because I've gone to some of our network pastors' events and they take an offering, and I would honestly say, I don't think I've given to every one of those. And yet, they came, probably had to walk to get there and gave abundantly whatever they had it's a habit of generosity finally this is where we're we're going to pause today because once again i'm over time and there's more to share next week but finally the encouragement is to live content it's number six for today we're blessed with so much and yet we want so much more Isn't that true? I mean, it was interesting. We had no TVs in in, in any of the places we stayed until our very last night before we were flying out. It was almost a little bit of withdrawal, but a little bit refreshing. You you don't see all the commercials telling you all the stuff that you need. Right? 
It doesn't matter if you've got this, you need the next one, you need the newest one, you need a bigger one. House, car, clothes, electronics, whatever the case might be. This was one of their churches. This was the day I was not able to go with them. I was preaching the evening service. They took a tour. Very, uh, and there's a variety of churches. Some were, were newer and nicer. Some were a little bit more uh, rural. This, this was a smaller church. Many with dirt floors and, and simple situations. If we take a look at the, the next slide, you can barely see on the left-hand side, but those are boards sitting on top of rocks. That's what they sit on in this particular church. Some simple wooden beams with what looks like tarps around the building. This was another church. On the right-hand side, there's a little dog outside, but from what was shared to me, it was correct. That's the pastor's home of one of these churches. And we saw many small, simple homes or simple huts. And, and boy, we, we look at what we have in America, or whatever it is that you have. And many times we find ourselves wanting more and more and more and more. We want the newest and the greatest. But we did see a number of cell phones, some smartphones, a whole bunch of flip phones that I probably had 10, 12 years ago. That was interesting. You know, they would take pictures of us. They want to take a picture, and they'd come up, and they'd come to take the picture, and, and you'd look at them looking at their screen, and I couldn't really make out anything that was on the screen. It was, the resolution was, was just not so great. But they were so proud. They were taking pictures of something. And yet we've got so much and want so much more. The next one shows my favorite little boy. You see him in a number of photos uh, with me. Every day we saw him, that's what he wore. In fact, pretty much every day we saw the kids, that's, that, that's what they wore. So this was our very last day, and he's got a blue Batman shirt, and he's got this multicolored shawl. So on the very last day, it was tied around his head. If you go to the next one, this is... More at the beginning, you can see a little easier to see blue Batman, and he's got it tight around his neck this time. Same shirts, same pants, same shoes. We've got closets and closets and drawers full of stuff. Maybe they don't fit, or maybe we just simply don't like them. There's a contentment with what they have, it's a lot of thoughts. A lot of takeaways even just for one half of this segment. We'll finish up. We'll wrap up next week. <laughs> 